Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Amen. Excuse me. Amen. Are we blessed this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We thank you, Jesus, for mercy. Thank you for helping us. Amen. I just take a moment to say hi to your wonderful neighbors. Hi, neighbor. How you doing? Amen. Happy to see us this morning. Um, how was our week? Awesome. I had a, a small busy week this week. Amen. Uh, after work, I just, I don't know, I'm sorry if I need sleep after work. My wife was laughing at me. <laughs> Amen. Like you don't sleep. Ah, how come you are sleeping? Yeah, I know. It's just that I mean, body can't sleep small. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I hope uh, we had a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, time in the presence of the Lord this week. Amen. Amen. The Lord has been faithful. The Lord has been kind. Uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> uh, we thank Jesus for all that he's doing for us. <coughs> uh, how many of us are, are loving Jesus more and more day by day, night by night? Amen. You know, our love for Jesus should increase. Our love for Jesus should increase. There's nothing else here, to be honest. There's nothing else to pursue after. I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for the quest. Uh, of life that God has designed for man. You know, angels don't have this. Angels, they can't, they can't quest for they, they have Somehow, they long to know him. Somehow, they desire, but they don't have what man have, which is a quest. They don't have a quest. They just answer, and they know. They can learn. There's a different thing for you to be able to learn something new, uh, receive something new because they themselves they are waiting for us to receive all of God to know God fully but they can't quest for it they can't go after it I guess the best they can do is desire hmm. this thing no most of the things that men receive they carry most of those things God send it to them right God can send it through angels to bring them, right? In short, the, the current, the present, right, is in their hand, right? It's in their hand. And because it's in their hand, they have some form 
of ministry towards the present. Right? And of course, when you're talking about the present, uh, who is in the present is actually man. Right? So they have some kind of ministration to the present for the future, for the one to come. And in that ministration, they can, they, God get, has given them grace to hold the word, some kind of word that God has kept. God has given it to them to hold it for men. You know, it's like you have, it's like you have something in your hand and you, know, you are just curious. Ah, hmm, I decided to see this thing, but they can't see it. They can't unlock it. They don't have the secret. They don't have the means and way to unlock it. Because there's a way God has designed that that which they carry must be revealed. It can only be revealed when men are questing for it. Amen. So that's the only, only way by which they can release things. Amen. So I thank God for Jesus for, and thank God for God for giving us Jesus as a quest. Imagine all that creation is holding is, a, is, a, is the quest of Jesus. Imagine all that creation is holding. The secret that creation is holding is really a quest for Jesus. It's nothing more. It's a quest for him. It's a quest for our Savior. It's a quest for our Lord. Amen. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So the Lord has designed, God has designed that in all that he created, he put himself as things that men can study. Amen. You know, if you study uh, a goat or a, an ant, what the Lord is saying is that you, are, you should actually, eventually end in the knowledge of God. That's it. If you study anything created, the end of that is that you must end in the knowledge of God. Somehow, that thing should reveal God to you. So the discovery of, oh, this is how Amweba separates and separates and, you know, oh, we've discovered ants. This is how they live. Call on all those things. Really, if men have sense of the spiritual, they should know that all those things is just pointing to someone. It's pointing to who made it. But that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the, that simple, very simple, that simple sight is what is missing from men. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's what is missing. And God has designed, God initially designed that, you know what, every time you search, it's me you should find. Amen. So Satan did a work to reorient men such that anything you are looking for, anything you are, you are discovering, when, when Satan started teaching men how to discover, because normally discovery is nothing new. It's not Satan's weapon. Discovery is what God has set as for souls is actually a tool God designed, right? The quest inside men is actually a tool God designed as a, as a provision for questing or, requ- or, or for going after. Amen. Amen. And for to go after is to go after God, nobody else. That's the only thing that that thing is meant for. When God made man, he actually installed inside him a tool of quest. Inside inside soul, part of the living soul, the living soul property is that you must be adventurous in knowledge. That's the thing. The soul must be adventurous in knowledge. Right? 
He must, he must, he must learn knowledge. That's just it. Right? But Satan came and gave the soul a different quest, a different knowledge quest. That's just, that's the, it's so funny that Satan really, actually, when it comes to killing man, he can't actually kill man. He can't. He can't actually kill man. Maybe perhaps, uh, you know, a lot of times we've actually thought that Satan wants to kill man. Right? I mean, and he does. He does that. But the reason, amen, for killing man, right, is not, it's not just that man can just die. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's to kill man to install a life. That's just it. It's to kill man. Amen. So that he can install something else in there. Because Satan is also using man as a means of buying time. I don't know at what point he decided to switch into that mode. Right? But initially, he planted a seed to kill man. But in killing him, he didn't just kill him. He gave him his own seed. Almost like trying to convert man. He's trying to convert. It's a conversion. It's an exchange that took place there. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Which is then begin to tamper with a lot of things. But before I move, I don't, I don't want to go, go too far into that direction. Of course, maybe I'll eventually get there. But <clears throat> I think I just, there's that aspect of quest and knowledge that I'm seeing. And I just thank Jesus for, for the work he did. Amen. Uh, the work he did, uh, what God did and put. Uh, inside man, uh, or what God, how I just thank of how God made man. Imagine, imagine if you are a person without a quest on it. Just imagine what, what kind of life that would be. Amen. Imagine, and the truth of the matter is that every soul, every soul has a quest they are going after. They have a quest they are running after. They have things they are going after. It just may not be God. There is, you can't, a, a living soul can't be without a quest. Can't be without a searching. Amen. It's designed for that. It's designed to search and look for. Amen. So God did that as a means of providing uh, is, how do I put it, is, 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 is a means of making sure that souls long after one another. Amen. Amen. When I say one, one, one another, I'm talking about man to God. Amen. So God has, a, God has himself kept as a word in the hands of angels. Right? It's a provision, it's an answer to all, all the problems of man. The, the answer to it is in the word of God. Revealed to man. Is in when I say word of God, meaning God Himself revealed as word. When God is revealed, right, through word, because He has designed it such that the only way we can learn Him is through His word. And when He begins to speak, Amen. amen. There's no other way. There's no other way to learn God. You can't learn God by vision. You can't learn God by I mean it's good to experience you can experience God in a vision, but you can't learn God in a vision. You can't learn God in uh uh, what else? You can't learn God by you know, dreaming and seeing him or by going to heaven. 
if you go to heaven, you can't learn God. In short, when you get there, you are that, I mean, it's whatever you know you are, you are there with, right? But God kept his knowledge in the hands of angels. Amen. And angels, no matter how much, no matter how much they try, they can't quest for God. They can't quest for God. That is exclusive for man. And that's why we should thank God. You know, they say, oh, man, I don't know, you know, scientists these days, they come up with all kinds of things, right? Saying that, imagine the whole universe, how, why is man so proud to think he is the only one in the universe? Okay, I don't know if there's any other. And if there's any other, one thing I know is that my Bible tells me what is man. Amen. I don't know if there's any other creation in the universe. Somehow, there, even if there is, there has to be a man. And if they are men, they must learn God too. Just because maybe they are the same, maybe there's alien, does not disprove anything that God is the one that created the whole universe. Can an alien create it? That's just a summary. Can an alien create a technology by which you create a star and hold it in space? So even if there's aliens, eh? Who created them? Nobody still created them. Okay if, okay, if nobody created them, okay, okay, this world is standing. You know, like I think Pastor Sessi said, with the, the pillars of the earth, the wings holding the earth, it's the God that, the God that said that. And, and if you think about it, no, you don't even have to think too spiritual about it, it's clear. Even with physics, the earth is standing in and out of water. How can you explain that? Explain it to me how it's able to stand. How is the earth not constantly falling? Yeah. It's actually in the space, the globe there, just standing there. And it's not, it's not dropping, it's not... Science, you know when science wants to make statements, they come with all kinds of things. So they typically assume that the earth is in a constant state of falling. That's why it's standing like that. Just a way of making them safe. Be at peace with what's happening. It's, the head is not, it's falling nowhere. It's falling nowhere. Even if it is falling, it's a spiritual falling. <laughs> it can't be physical. Amen. And they say because maybe we are in the earth, we are falling with it, we can't feel that it's falling. Okay. Since it has been falling since creation, why has it not reached the end? Abi? Okay, if it's falling, it's falling in what? In void. Okay, the void that's falling, who created the void? Right? Uh -huh. If somebody created the void, there has to be a maker. There has to be a creator. There's no, there's, it's only foolishness that makes men think that there is no creator. It's only foolishness. It's only, it's only Satan and foolishness. That's just it. There's no, way, there's no way anybody will have an excuse. Scripture tells us that they are without excuse. Amen. That's what that's what that's what Romans says, right? Let's read Romans uh, chapter one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, I honestly don't see myself going in this direction this morning. Uh, there was a different. Maybe we we'll see how the Lord will help us, and some maybe I land there. Amen. I just found uh, that this flow is flowing, so let's flow with it. Amen. I think in a way it's good to to explain these things. Praise the Lord. And I'm also looking for the way to be able to get the richness of this is I'm looking for a scripture. Perhaps, perhaps by, <coughs> excuse me, 
by God's mercy, uh, we would uh, find. Amen. Praise me. Praise the Lord Jesus. So go to Romans, right? I said Romans 1. Praise Jesus. So this is just like a, a diverge. Eh? Romans 1. And I read from verse, verse 19. Um, I don't know where each time this Romans one that verse sixteen is always tempting me. Amen. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Ah, uh, yeah, it's verse twenty, and I'm just looking for where to start. Amen. Sorry for delaying. I feel there's a there's a flow here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I feel there's a flow here, so we should flow. Amen. Amen. So, you know what? We have time now. So, I feel like reading from verse 1. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but just, you know. Let me just read from verse 1. Say, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophet, in the holy scriptures. You see, Paul is servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophet in the holy scriptures. So they're telling us that there is something God promised, right, through the prophet. Amen. You know, when you read the scripture, you realize that the whole scripture is a journey. Amen. Amen. So in the beginning, right, God, when he created man, see that Genesis 1, 2, 3, right? Genesis 1, 2, 3 sums up all that is in the heart of God for man. Amen. Genesis 4 to Revelation, Genesis 4, to Genesis 4, to the book of the prophets. Or let me put it this way. Genesis 4, till Israel, right, went into captivity, and then prophecies about them being restored, right? And eventually, there's a restoration of Israel, right? There's a restoration that happens. Now, all that, he's just talking about the God trying to restore man back to Genesis. Amen. It's all what? God trying to restore man back to Genesis. And in the course of restoration, there were 
words promised, prophecies regarding Israel, right? Because it was not just meant for Israel. Amen. Praise the Lord. It was not just what? Meant for Israel. It's not just Israel that this thing is meant for. It's actually this, what God wants is all man. You know, Israel is not the only man on earth. When I said the only man, I'm summarizing Israel to one. Right? Which is Jacob. Right? Jacob wasn't the only man on earth. Right? And out of Jacob came Israel. That of course, there were other men. Right? But even Jacob came out of somewhere. If you trace Jacob back, you trace him back to Abraham. You trace Abraham back. You trace Abraham back to Noah. If you trace Noah back, you trace Noah back to Adam. So really, even though there are plenty, plenty men on earth, the Lord is just still saying, man. In short, right? There's a way God sees men. Right? There's a sense I'm seeing here that if you want to sum it up, all men is really just one, Adam. So God is trying to restore Adam back. That's why God didn't need more than one to save man. And you hear the wisdom of one. Even God, God talks about one. Do you know man is one? The real, the real this one is a, is a real mystery. Man is really one. Man is one. You have many men on earth, but really man is one. Right? Because when God made man, he made one, Adam. Eve is not anything new. Eve was inside Adam. Like, you know, Reverend taught us as well, right? Reverend said that Adam was the first pregnant man. Right? Because he was pregnant for Eve, carrying her about. Not just in the sense of how women carry babies. It's a different operation God brought forth when a woman is made. Amen. It's impossible for man. You know that it is impossible for man to multiply by himself. Amen. So when he say be fruitful and multiply, the part of the fulfillment of that fruitfulness and multiplication is Eve coming out. Amen. Amen. But the real fruitfulness, right, really has to do with him partaking of the fruit that is in the garden. That is, his, he has to be fruitful. First, he has to eat it, and then he has to produce it. Mean that Adam was supposed to be producing fruit. Amen. Amen. But the Lord, uh, so that's the quest for man, right? Male and female created he, them. So he created man. Man, male and female. So that's one. Right? Then the one can be fruitful and multiply. Right? The same way we see, if you see that same, same, same sense in the New Testament. Right? Because there is everything God, funny enough, everything God said to the first Adam, God also did to the second. 
who is a different kind. Amen. So God tell, told God told Adam, be fruitful and multiply. Right? But when they want to bring forth the second, right? They also give bless. So that fruitful multiply is a blessing. Right? Right? It's a blessing they put upon Adam. But when you now move into the New Testament, of course the New Testament came from the, the promise. Right? The New Testament came from the promise. So when men fell, God is looking to restore man back. He needed one man. Two. Amen. Just one man. Amen. In a whole nation, God may just need one. Amen. Or rather, plenty that will be one. If you have one that is one separate, 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 is a problem. That is why you realize that when the Lord talks, he talks in the manner of one. When you're born again, you're baptized into one body. That's how when you get born again, you don't baptize another. God does not do problematic things. It just you know, makes it make it simple. You get born again, baptized into one. You marry, you become one. Right? It's just a, that's how God is. It's mathematics. That one thing is a God's own mathematics. Is the mathematics of the only true God. Right? It's God's own mathematics. When God is when God is doing math. It's the way he do, does his own math. Is only, only, only. He's talking about one. Only means the only one. You don't have any other. Only is one. Yeah, O Israel, our God is one. They know God in a way. Our God is one. Meaning God, so that. They're not just talking about God being one out of many. They're saying, our God is one. So when they see God, God is really one. God is what? God is really one to them. He's one. He's not two. He's not three. God is one. Of course, there are many other gods. So you can say our God is two. But that won't be accurate. Amen. Ah, I hope I'm saying this thing well. I'm trying to explain some sense. In the sense that what I'm seeing them say is that they're not just saying that our God is one out of other gods. So the only the only true the only the only good God out of many other gods. They're just saying that there's only one God. Yes. In short, where other gods in and in real sense, Amen. In real sense, there should only be one God. There shouldn't be two. There shouldn't be three. There shouldn't be four. Right? Now, every, every God that will come, that will, be, that will exist, has to be out of that God. So in a sense, there's not two God. It's still one. So, if you, cons- if you consider angels, because they are gods, and men 
are also gods. Don't you know that ye are gods? Right? So, God creates gods. But the summation of all the gods, all of them, they sum to him. Amen. So, there's a summation of all gods to God. Because they are all out of him. It's the same, if you, if you think about it from the, from the same sense of the body of Christ. Right? We being many are one. Right? So, in this sense, this one is a spiritual sense, right? Because, of course, in the, in the, in the earthly sense, right, if you think about, if you think about, if you think about one, you will think one unique. Then when you have another one, it's, it's, it's another one. So, you have this bo- water bottle. You have plenty of them there, right? When you count them, you don't count one. You count many. Because the earth considers each of that unique one. So they can say, this one has its own uniqueness. So. <laughs> that one has its own uniqueness. So. This one has its own uniqueness. So. so they are separate ones. But that's a worldly sense. It's a worldly sense. Amen. It's a very, very worldly sense. In short, the word has brought it and again and again and again and again. You know what? Let, let me come there because there's two, two, two senses I'm seeing. You know the world has a way of telling men, you are unique. You are special. Take, your, take yourself and be proud of yourself. Now, am I saying, am I trying to remove your confidence? No. Yes, you should be you should be proud of yourself in the Lord. There's a difference. Your confidence should be in the Lord. Anything that has to do with man, there has to be a, there has, there has to be a link to God. If you are, you know all those things they tell men, be, be, be unique, be yourself, don't let anybody tell you what you know, those kind of words. There's a sense the word gives. It's a dead sense. There are many things the word teaches that are dead senses. And when you look at it, it's all selfishness. Selfishness. How not to care for others. How not to be able to bear the body. And the, and the world, and the world, uh, what's that word? Ah, the, the word makes such thing Beautiful. Right? So beautiful. And funny enough, that's what part of the thing that's killing men. So, so unique people will now stay in their house. They won't go out. They're unique now. They'll be coming in themselves and they'll be dying alone inside the house. That's part of the gospel of this nation. What do I mean by that? You know, if you want to think about that, you think it's only in mainstream, Right? Oh, they are saying love yourself. No, 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 no. It's not just a mainstream. It's actually a culture, a life here. And how you know it is, how do men live here? It's simple. There's a way men live here. That sense is different when you are in Africa. Don't think, you don't think it's, you don't think it's, it's unique. There's, some, there's a lot of things we have back home. Even though we are, we are carried away onto dumb idols. But we still have a lot of godly values. A lot. Well, let me put it this way. 
the fear of God somehow is in men back home. But here, that fear is, is far removed such that it has also weakened the church here. Amen? The church is weak. Very weak in a way. The, the, the strength, the church here is weak. And I'm, and I'm sure that the Lord would, would strengthen his church here. It's a thing that the Lord, will, he has to do it. If not, if the Lord does not strengthen the church in this nation, this nation will be gone. In it. The, the only pres the preservation you have seen of this nation is because of the little strength that the church has. Wow. It's all the little strength. That's why, no matter how bad a church is, you can't just be pointing accusation finger and condemn them. Yes, it's possible that maybe, maybe this is not for me. Yeah, there are many churches. Right? You can find one. And the truth of the matter is that it's not every church. It's not for everybody. There's a way the Lord would link you in your heart, spirit, to a place. Right? So it's not everywhere. It's not for everybody. It's not. Uh, if it's for everybody, then we'll only have one church. Right? We'll only have one. Because the Lord knows souls and how they should be provided for. Now, if you, not, if you have a church saying that they are the only church, there's a problem. If you have a church that says that, see, all other churches are bad. We are the only. That means what they are first of all doing is they are taking the place of God. Why am I talking like this? So this uh, one I was talking about, why am I talking like this? So if a church is saying that, I am the only, you know, I, have, I have met churches that are like that, and all of them are the same, it's the same demon. And if you hear what they are saying, it's not, it's, it's not like literally from what they are saying, there's anything assumingly bad from what you hear, except some that are obvious, obviously. There was one I went to, and as they were talking, the, the, all, I don't know, maybe it's because that's not their Sunday, so I don't even know if they have Sunday, maybe it's Saturday they have, but the, the, one of the friends just invited me, I couldn't, because... It's a friend of mine that I've been talking to, and I was uh, I, I, funny enough. Every single time I talk about scripture with him, I notice that there's something in his heart that leaps. But it's like they've tied him you know, with doctrine such that he can't leap out of that. It's almost like when I finish talking with him, be like, mm, there's something missing. You know? Like, ah. then somehow you go back to his uh, uh, place. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he has questions, and then they will be talking to him. No, no, no. One thing I just kept noticing is that he keeps inviting me for their Bible study. And I realized that they actually tell them to invite people. Like, so it's more like because I'm the one talking to him, it's like, eh, invite that guy, let me, let's combat him. <laughs> That's the sense I was seeing because he just kept saying, come, and then you can talk with our, he was saying that me, I can talk with their, I don't know what they call them. But in a way, they, they actually don't give them freedom to read Bible and to be ministered to by the Spirit. So it's like they teach them what to believe without any room for the spirit to breathe on the word. That is the ministration of death. Wow. Amen. It's the ministration of death where you just open Bible. This is it, this is it, this is it. And you don't, you know, you know there's a way you can teach Bible, right? For example, I, mean, I would not teach in Bible. But are we removing the sense that you should have a relationship with your maker? 
If everything that is steady is still passing through your spirit. Right? But then, no, it's not like that. That they teach you what to believe. You carry it about as a doctor and be walking about with it. What you, even though they don't understand it, they keep saying it. Because I will ask questions. Hey, how about this? Be like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, ah, you don't read your Bible. It's like, uh, it's like they have to come to that Bible study. And they t- so clearly, they are not reading their Bible. And it's whatever they tell them about it that they believe. And there's a doctrine that they will send a, a, a bed of prey from the east. It's a, it's a, it's a person that started, it started from the, the religion started from the east in a way. Bed of prey from the east, blah, blah, blah. It will restore some, what is a bed of prey? Then they will start talking about the, the apostasy of the church and how the church has gone into apostasy and how they are the safety. When you start hearing that wrong. Why? Because as the church got into apostasy at some point, well, I won't use the word apostasy, yes. I would say Satan dealt with the church to remove things. And all kinds of things happened. True. But there's also the blessing of that season in the sense that this gospel spread. Right? Because the problem started in the Roman Empire. Right? After Paul, John, after they did all that they did, and Satan fought them. The gospel moved into Rome. And it's from Rome, you have Catholics. So they turned, they turned the scripture into a, a religious power. So funny enough, it's like Rome saw the power in the church and in the gospel. Then they took it for their own advantage. But there are some that were sincerely converted. Then they made the church organized. How did they organize it? You have a pope. Then you have fathers. Right? And mothers. And sisters. Funny enough, I don't think there's a brother. I know sister. Priest. Maybe there's a brother. Who knows? I can't remember a brother. There's altar boys. So there are boys. There are, there are sister. Maybe there's a brother. Maybe there's a brother before you become a, a father. And then a sister before you become a mother. Right? And then you have priests amongst them. So they took, they, they organized the church. And then one of the evil of that term is that they took the Bible away from men. So they now kept the Bible because they know Bible gave power. Bible get what? Bible get power. So they want to take the spiritual power. (laughs) They want to turn a spiritual power into a political power. That's what they did. Then all kinds of atrocities were done under the name of God. Even the organized church. Right? As at that time whereby everybody has, in a way, still preserved. Somehow, there's always something that the church will always do and the Bible will always do, is to preserve culture of life. No matter how much they turn it political, there are still some things that were clearly wrong you can't do. For example, you can't be a witch. You be a witch, they will, they will stone you, burn you at the stake. You are dying. Right? You can't, 
uh, you can't, so for example, a lot, a lot of the modesty you see in that time is actually from scripture culture. Right? They don't dress anyhow. They don't open their body anyhow. Some of that modesty is actually a scriptural sense. Right? Although later men took that, you know, totally differently and they, they, they turned it into something else. But a lot of modesty came from there. In short, if you open your body anyhow, there's a way they look at you. And this is not even the church, it's the community. Before you even enter the, how, how, how you enter the church like that, how? Before you get there, as you are walking on the street, everybody's looking at you. They'll give you the eye, you know that eye? Judgment, they are judging you already. See? The only way, the only way you'll be confident to overcome those eyes, those times, is that you have to be a, a child of Satan. That's why they, they call them Jezebels. They, call them, they have to call them Jezebels. If you just say, ah, daughters of Jezebel. Why? Because, ah, number one, you know the eye is man talking to you. That's not even God, it's man. God has not spoken yet. As you're walking on the street, man is talking to you. And you are reading the message. Right? A lot of people try to break out of that. They're like, oh, you don't follow what people say. You know, we get it. We understand that aspect. But there's a wisdom around it. Right? It's what they're saying. It's safe. No, not now. There's a voice now legitimate. No, you don't listen to what people think. Of course, there are some things that there's a, there's a way you live in this world. Right? When you say people... What they are talking about that you don't let anybody control your job is that is anything has to do with worldliness. Now, the question is that if we remove every, it's like it's coded. But my feet now is cold. Everybody is wearing sweater. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We are just gisting today, Abby. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Praise the Lord. So as you got a job and. and if the judgment is righteous, why not take it? So most of the issue that people have regarding you don't just you don't just uh, you don't live after people is because when people are talking, they are talking from their lost. You see, most of the time, lost try to bet lost in others. Flesh try to bet flesh. In that in that area, everything goes. You get what I'm saying? Everything goes in the sense that is an is is a territory that is not governed, right? And people don't have answer to it, so everybody will come up with their own version of solution. You don't follow what people say. True, you don't. But what about you? Don't follow. What about you following what Christ is saying in men? Right? If if the if your brother or sister of men around you, sincerely, you know, it's different than men who can also fall out of their own lust. <laughs> but if they come, you just clean, pure, Christ, ah, this, and you wait with your spirit, you're like, ah, so this thing is true. Shouldn't you follow after righteousness? Yes, is that following after men's voice? No. Yeah. It's the, you're actually following God because it's the voice of God you are hearing yeah. through men. 
Right? So all those, you don't follow, uh, you know, there's a balance. I'm just trying to separate the balance. If you don't follow what men say truly, out of their lust, no, don't follow that. If you follow that, what you follow is religion. You follow rudiment, tradition. Right? Check it. Most of, this, most of what men do is summed in that. Tradition of men, rudiment of this world, right? And not after Christ. Those are the things. It may sound, sometimes, some of them may sound churchy, you know, when you check and look at a thought, sometimes, when it's flowing from, it's out of those things. It's not, it's not, not so far. Amen. So when you have, when you have uh, people in those days, just come, judge you with eye. Uh, it should arrange. Dress modestly. They won't judge you again. And it's God that is talking. Amen. It's different from when men are judging with religious sight. It's a different thing. So there's another wisdom to identify the sight. Now, Satan has bastardized the old nation that's now. It's, it's, old, it's, it's plenty, plenty, plenty kind of eyes. No, those, in those times, it's not plenty. Yeah. <laughs> it's not plenty. When they look at you, you know where they are talking from. You know, they are talk, no clearly they are talking from. As a Christian, should you be like this? Hmm. So, they are trying to talk to you. So, if you now override their voice, like I was saying, you have to be a child of Satan. Because it's only a child of Satan that man can talk to. Yeah. According to scripture. Mm. Right? So, scripture called Nabal, son of Belial. Yeah. Why? Because no man can talk to him. That's just, that's to say, who, Nabal, who's the son of Belial? Who no man can talk to? Wow. When I read I'm like, ah. Yeah. So, really, you are saying that if man can, if no man can talk to you, let me say, son of Belial, I. I say, interesting. Give me different sense entirely. No, imagine, imagine, I say, it's not even God, it's just man. <laughs> God has not arrived yet, it's just man talking. And of course, when you say man, it's God in men. Right? So they're not just talking about men that are just going after their lost. Especially in those times, they have values. In the time of David, Israel is in Israel, right? And they have a lot of regard and value for God and man. Right, linking man and God together in a way. So, and especially even the person talking, what they say, man is good counsel coming out of the man that the guy was refusing. Amen. It's like somebody helped him guard his sheep. That was David. And then David has sent somebody to him. Can you please give us something to eat? Something like that. The guy refused. Eh. Then Rat was about to come, but thank God for Abby. Is he Abigail? <coughs> his wife. Came and quickly saved him. I was telling him, say sorry, say he's a son of Belial that no man can <laughs> say that no man can talk to. Eventually he died. And it was God that smote him. Well, according to scripture, it was his, his heart smote him. His heart. You know, his heart was flogging him. And eventually he died. Amen. And they said that God had, had slayed him. But let's leave uh, Abigail alone. And, you know, but the summary is that in those times, the church was still preserving. The, the world in a way, even though they, they, they restricted the gospel. Amen. But somehow, gospel was still, about, was still able to move in the life of men in those times. Until a time, God directed a man to, on, to release scripture to every man. Amen. The thing about the scripture is that you can't hold it down. It can be hibernating for you. 
So the, the Catholics then, they took the, the scripture, turned into a political power. Then they took, imagine, imagine taking the Bible from everybody and keeping it only to yourself. What means that is whatever they teach that the people will take. It's not meant to be like that. And that's the same sense. The place I went to, that was, that's the same sense they have. People were not open. So part of what that does is that it removes spirit. Right? It removes spirit entirely. It removes spirit. So men were finding it difficult to find wine, spirit. So a lot of men were going from what the, the priest will say and also from their conscience. I mean, what else would they use? It's their conscience. So a lot of men went into apostasy. What I said, so men went into a dark age. It's another kind of dark age where there was no spirit. The spirit of God was still able to move somehow, but see, the availability of the spirit was, was gone. So that's part of what they did. So whenever you remove Bible from men, what you're really removing is spirit. Because the scripture has, the scripture has, is it a responsibility? The, the spirit has a responsibility towards the scripture. Because the scripture really is not just word. It's actually spirit broken down to words. I think which day we was, I was explaining that. Now we'll see clearly that the word spoken is actually, it came out of the spirit. So what you are really, really seeing here, this scripture, is actually a, sp- a spirit. Which only goes have to come give you entrance, enter. It's a world. Right? So th- there's no way you have this Bible. Get an unbeliever. Let them start reading their Bible. Give them time. They should keep reading it. Very, very, before you know it, the spirit will move upon them. They'll be born again. It's not somebody that just carry, even if you carry Bible and try to, many people have tried that before they end up getting born again. They were reading Bible trying to disprove it's not real. But of course, they were doing it with a pure heart. Right? And in the process of trying to disprove it, they got born again. What do you think happened? No, they can try and, it's spirit. They can try and, you can try and explain it logically that, uh, you know, uh, you know, all this, uh, is apologetics. And there's a way they can explain it for you that, um, you know, it's just, you made it look like, uh, made it look like you read it, you proved it, that you were convinced by the logic inside. No. Apologetics can come and give you different, different arguments about scripture to prove a point. Right? But that doesn't, but that doesn't mean that it's not spirit. The scripture is not spirit. But it's not, and it's not by argument. That's the truth of the matter. Right? It's just that Holy Ghost can use anything. F- personally for me, I don't, well, let me not say that. Let me leave it. Because the Lord is still working through a lot of apologetics to get people to born, be born again. The only thing is that, so that there are other ones that when you hear, you, you know that it's not going, this thing is not going to end up anyway. It's just street argument. But somehow I like it, Shah. Because I just, I just like hearing different views, how they put the Bible together and prove to men that you see the Bible is not actually wrong. You see this, this, this. Ah, ah, there's a way God just made some minds, man. So beautiful. The way they put it out beautifully. Even one day, I'm like, ah, I like, well, I like it, you. But, but the thing about the things of God is that it's by faith. Even if they apologetically say it, 
Even if they say it apologetically, what can move a soul to be born again is the spirit. So, because the spirit is not limited, when the apology is coming, the spirit can ride on it and get souls born again. It's possible. Amen. It's possible. So, it's not by apologies or apologetics. It's not by that. I'm not, I'm not saying apologetics. I'm just saying it's not by just the sheer arrangement and of argument. No. Spirit has to be involved. If somebody was in, a, in an environment where they were saying things and they were converted, check it. Somehow, the spirit has been moving around them. The same way this Bible word is plain. It can, be, it can be as plain as plain. And it can be spiritual. When they are using Bible to argue, the spirit can still move around this. Is this the word? And use it to get souls born again. Right? So the spirit is bound to the scripture. Because the scripture is the mind of the spirit. So it's bound to it. So as long as you are reading it, what you are really doing is you are knocking on the door of the mind of the spirit. You know, when I say the mind of the spirit is a big world, though. That's why you can read your Bible and read it from the day you are born to the day you die, and you will finish it. Amen. I don't know every time I say this, there's these thoughts that follow it. That's why when you are reading your Bible, <laughs> know why you are reading it. Don't think, I want to read Bible and know everything. So you are reading it to know everything. It doesn't work that way. It's good read it to know everything that is written there. But after you've read it and know everything that is there, it will just only help your spirit to be alive to the word. So, because the more I read my Bible, and I realize that there's a whole big world inside this thing that you can't exhaust. You can't exhaust it. As you read your Bible, you can't exhaust it. It is new, apparently new every day. I can tell you, read, if you read the same verse of scripture, not verse alone, if you read the same chapter of scripture every day for the next seven days, I can tell you, you will receive something new every single day. And what you receive is not the same thing you received yesterday. They won't repeat it. Because the scripture is given as a means of giving life. As long as you are breathing, breath will always be coming. Breath, let me ask you, breathe now. Then breathe next second. Is it the same breath you are breathing? Are they breath? That's how Bible is. Because breath, the spirit, is tied to scripture. So when you start thinking about scripture in a certain way, then the Lord can help our heart to start discerning things in the spirit differently. You breathe oxygen in and out. You don't breathe, Abby. You don't go. You have to breathe the next one. Then you, you are breathing. So reading your Bible, when you are reading it and thinking about the way you have your relationship, think about it the same as you are breathing. It's like, the same, you know, you need to breathe to live. Yeah. If you stop breathing now, you are gone. We just need to wait for the oxygen inside your blood to go. And how will it go? Because your system is using it. Right? It's not that because you breathe it in and out, that's how it goes. No. 
Breathing in and out is a way of replenishing. That's why you need to read your Bible. You see the method of the Bible? You are, when you read the Bible, you are replenishing. You are being replenished. It's, a, it's the same way as breathing. So when you read the Bible, as you are reading it, just see as breathing. So if you stop reading your Bible, think about it as you stop breathing. It will be useful for a while. Right? Because once you, the moment you stop breathing, you don't die immediately. The remaining oxygen in your blood will keep working. Your brain uses up oxygen. The moment you finish using it up, you will start sending signal to your body. Breathe now. I need it. You see that impulse? Maybe you hold your breath. The impulse to breathe. Maybe you're just thinking it just... There are all kinds of things happening in your body for that to be happening. It's your brain trying to force you to breathe. Breathe now. I want to die. Right? So the body is, is even finding a way to keep itself alive. Right? God does not create dead things. Your body is alive. Your soul is alive. Your spirit is alive. Trees are alive. Amen. Praise the Lord. So God does not create dead things. Even things you think are dead, they are not. You know why? Let's look at stone, for example. And they said that, okay, if you won't praise, I will raise these stones. It means that the stone that you are looking can have bread too. God can give you bread. He has a way of giving stone to breathe. If you can be a stone that is breathing, how much more a natural stone? God can give stone breath. Amen. So that's why when you, read, when you are reading scripture, you keep reading it, you keep reading it, you keep reading it, you keep reading it. You are breathing. You are, see it as breath. Don't see it as a duty and you know, all those things. It's breath. And when you are thinking about breath, you know I'm not just thinking about physical breath. It's a spiritual one. But, and guess, what is the, what is the scripture calls breath? Spirit. So what you are, as you are reading your Bible, what you are breathing is Spirit. It means you need spirit to live. A living soul needs spirit to live. When there was no Bible, they had spirit. Adam was transacting with... Imagine the environment they put him. It's a spirit environment. When he looks at a tree and he looks at the fruit, you know, he just, don't, he just don't says what he will bite and eat, you know. Those things were breathing to him. You look at it like, ah! You think about God for a second. Ah, God created this thing. I'm sure what he's seen in those trees and in those food is not what you and I see today. And when we see tree and fruit, all just is chop out. I'm sure that Adam can see the DNA of fruits. Go to the minutest cell and see what it's there. Or the the littlest, go into the invisibility of the fruit and discern it. It can do that. Because what it breathes, all those things are, they have spirit, they are, they are breathing. Then when God comes in the cool of the room, God will just breathe another thing into it. It's like God breathes into the garden. And then breathe to him. Because in all the trees there, especially in the tree of life, there's a curse on the tree. When it's a curse, I'm not saying curse as in, as in swear for you. 
There's a course, meaning a path. A, like you take courses in school. There's a course inside those trees, inside the tree of life. If the tree of our life has courses, right, means other trees do too. Amen. It's just that other trees do. But if you look at other trees, they probably have a way they link to the main tree back. They link to the tree of life. Still coming back to the mystery of one. Amen. So they have that tree. You will learn of it. It will breathe to him. It will breathe back. It was made with breath, which is spirit. Means it needs that thing to live. What breathed upon him is the living, is, is this breath for living. He became a living soul. If living soul is made by breath, means the living soul needs breath to live. Amen. So, the scripture is spirit. Whatever you have it, it is bound to respond. So when men kept it away, he was just hibernating for them. So you, you, you people think you can hold me. How many people have ever, ever, have you ever been able to hold the church? No, now. Satan tried to kill it, he woke up again. Amen. You know the church went into dark ages. But now, it has more strength than it used to. That's because God is waking it up and restoring life back to the... It means that you can't stop the church. And you can't stop Bible. can't. So when those guys discover that, ah, it's like this thing, this, there's a word inside this thing, they get power. What, what, ah, I'm just saying something. I think one of the main things that Bible has power for is the ability to change men. Amen? It has the ability to what? To change men. If the scripture has the ability to change men. Now, if you are somebody that wants to, wants to dominate you know, to dominate men, you have to be able to convert all of them to the way you think. Right? The problem that every government has is that the voice of the people sometimes is different from them. Right? If you can get the voice of the people to be the exact same as your own, you can easily control them. That is what happened in those times. So if the Bible has the power to change men, Let's take it for ourselves and then use it to culture men the way we want. And that's literally what they were doing in those days. Because they only have access to the word. Then they use the word because they know that the word has power. That when people hear it, ah, it's the scripture. There's a relationship with men that time. That went, ah, Bible, okay, let's obey. It's a sense. So they, used the, they took the scripture and used it for their own gain. So they were using it to culture men. However, they want men to see the world. That's how they use the scripture. Amen. Amen. So it was a, it was a season. It was a, it was a dark season. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That time has gone. On. And I said I won't speak more than okay. I'll just join as I'm joining, and then I'll see if I can find my way back. Sorry, I was going to read Romans, Romans one, and then I read verse one, and then I, I did not continue again. Amen. And I was just trying to explain verse 1. Right? I just tried to explain verse 1. And then we broke into something else. It's a sign that the Bible can't finish. Amen. So, when they took the, the scripture away, they tried to control. That's, that's in the dark ages. Amen. 
is also a problem. It's, it's spirits fighting the church that did that. Now, if you not find a church saying that we are the only true church, be it in their doctrine or in the manner of life that they live, they have a, they have, they have a pact with Satan. Amen. What do I mean by that? Is that it will take mercy. A whole lot of mercy. Not that it's impossible, but it will take a lot of mercy from God to change them. Amen. It's a pact with Satan for you to think, I am the only true thing is reserved for God, not for man. That is why when God gave Christ, God, God did not give Christ as something broken into pieces. They are saying that even its broken down sense is one. We be many are one. It must some. It's a sense that the whole body must also have. And you can tell when a place is not having that sense. When a, when a place thinks they are better than others is a problem. That's it. That, and any place that feels they are better than others is a problem. And better than others comes in different shades and no, it comes in different shades. Right? It comes, for example, a, a place, can, a church can be like, uh, uh, no, 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 every other church is, no, we are the only, you know, we are the, we are the best and of the best. It's a problem. Even though they are not teaching, don't read your Bible, it's still the same sense. This is them spirit working. Then you have a church, like the one I went to, that says that, see, oh, the church went into apostasy, oh, now, according to scripture, God is going to bring one church that is going to restore everything. And that church is us. Every other church are all in apostasy. I'm like, I asked, wait, come. This thing. Okay, so first of all, you have a wrong understanding of the body. I tried to explain, I was like, eh, okay. It's like he went back, talked to his people, and they gave him, it's like, okay, get that guy to come. I'm like, ah, sorry, I'm not coming. Leave me alone. He invited me to one of their evening teachings. I actually listened. Because I wanted to hear what they have to say. Please don't do that kind of thing. Right? Because if you, if you do, that thing, if, if, if you are advised against it, please obey. There's a reason for that. The reason why I listen is me, I already know what the guy, so it's not, as, it's not as if they can convince me. The reason why I even listen is the guy, I wanted to see what his, how his mind is. So I listened to the, and then all of the, all, this is the same way when I visit, when he invited me to, I said, okay, oh, in a church, let me go, I went to the church, the first day I went there, I was like, no, this is not a church. And you don't see me there again. He tried to invite me, I said, no, I'm not coming. I went there, first of all, the women on the one side, the men on the other side, followed, I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm like, ah, ah, women on one side, men on one side. First of all, the first time I'm trying to, are they trying to prevent sin or something? Because, I mean, see this guy that invited me, him and his girlfriend came together in the same car. <laughs> so they entered, they entered the place, they separated into different chairs. And after the meeting, they went back in the same car. <laughs> into thank you. It's even possible they are in the same house. So I'm wondering, what are they trying to separate? Uh, maybe, maybe if the women are together, maybe they will be singing and be distracted. I'm like, forget that team, man. They are, they are, before they, we entered, we are, they are together. 
So I feel like, I said something. I said, okay, no problem. Then they began the, they began the sermon. <laughs> then after the sermon finished, all I, can, all, I, all I heard was, leave whatever you are, come here. This is the only church. They talked about, they quoted Bible. They talked about Jesus. But all I heard, because sometimes when people are talking, right, it's not just about the word they say. There is what they are saying. That's what it is saying. That's what it's trying to convince you. So it's not just about word alone. It's about, okay, what is the message behind this thing? Right? Because even when you talk about normal communication, that's how it is sometimes too. Right? We are trying to convey our thought. So we try to use word to convey it. And the one thing you realize is that you can say it in many different ways to convey the same thing. So you now see that word is just a means of passing something across. So after they preach finish, I shall know that the sermon I heard that day is every other church has gone to apostasy. The, 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 the prophet that the Lord set over their church has received divine vision and revelation to restore all men back to God. And for you to be part of those returning to God, you must be part of, the, that's all I heard. You must be part of this church. When I hear that, I know that's dead. Why? Because it's not a one sense. It's not a one body. Sense is it's, it's violating the, the, what they call oneness in the spirit. It's violating that. Amen. Right? And how you don't violate that is that you can't discard the entire, all the, the body of Christ, which is cattle abroad. Right? You can't just Discard everybody and say you are the only legitimate one. Uh, that's, a, that's a dead sense. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm seeing some argument, but I'm going to leave them. I don't want to address them. Amen. Let me just address this one. This sense of one. One. Why am I talking about oneness? That's, that's not what I was intending to say. Amen. So there is that when you come about one. Meaning that if you go into different, different, different churches, they have a part in Christ. They may not be perfect yet. They may not be the best yet. They may still be struggling. But they have a part in Christ. Amen. So that's why you don't, uh, is it just discount and, and accuse. Amen. There's a different way about things that they say you can flow from a different heart when it comes to talking about church. Maybe because they have maybe one or two things that is not similar. There's a way you can flow from. It's legitimately, maybe it's legitimate that you know, it may not be right, but it doesn't have to come from a out of oneness kind of sense. In the sense that you can legitimately, okay, no, this thing is wrong, but have a burden in your heart for them. Right? Doesn't mean that you are sitting down there Right? But he's just talking about the heart and the heart attitude towards it. Right? You may, you may, I may disagree with many things that I see in many places, but I won't just actually just speak against the, 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 the place in itself. Well, I may, I may be able to flow from a different, when it comes to, when you are talking from a soul perspective, it's safer. Right? Because what the church is for is for to save souls. 
is the pillar of truth for souls. Amen. So one thing I'm, what I'm saying clearly here is that there's a sense that every child of God must have. And I'm sure most of us have that sense here, right? Because this other one I'm saying, I know when you see it, you know that this is, ah, it's problematic. But there are some that also teach that church is Babylon. That church now, they say church, all churches, or every Babylon. That the only place that is safe is, see, they're not even calling themselves church. They say we're not, we not, we not a church because church is Babylon. It's foolishness. It's against oneness. Amen. So the wisdom of oneness is many being one. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, I'm back to my same thought. Many being one. So, when the Lord was seeing, when the Lord was seeing uh, Adam, he was seeing many in him, but he's one. Out of the many came Eve. Him and Eve then started multiplying. Amen. Amen. When they started multiplying, they were fulfilling the blessing that the Lord blessed them when he created them in chapter 1 of Genesis. And the same, like I was saying, the same thing was said concerning Jesus. Because when the Lord, how, how do I know? Because how the Lord brought forth Jesus is that the Lord was looking for faith in man. And it could be anyone. But the Lord could not find anybody but God found Abraham faithful. The truth of the matter is that if Abraham had failed, God would look for another. God is not bankrupt of option. If Abraham had failed, God would look for another. Amen. But you notice one thing, that the, the fate of the whole world is tied to, to, to Abraham. If all the world could just attach themselves to him, they would be okay. You see that same, it's also, it's, it's, I don't know why the Lord does that. Is a sense of shepherding that the Lord does. Is you look for one for the rest. It's for the sake of the rest, right? So it took Abraham. If Abraham had failed, Abraham, bye bye. They will go and look for another. The Lord will not raise twenty. The Lord will not look for fifty. It's just one. Amen. After he has found one, he cannot look. Okay, how many will not align with him? Like in the case of Lot. You know you're supposed to be with this guy. But he went into Sodom. Okay. So when the Lord, because Sodom to God is already doomed. Right? So when they came to Abraham, okay, Abraham, the one man. See, I'm even talking to you because I know you have, the guy, the guy that was supposed to be with you is in that place. If not, I don't think I would have had to discuss with him. Or perhaps, maybe for the sake of, you see, I'm about to destroy a nation because the Lord always speaks with his friend. Shall I do a thing without revealing it to <laughs> so he revealed it to his friend, Abraham, that time. And then, see your guy, Lot, call him out, oh, I'm about to destroy that place. Oh, okay, what if, what if, if there is, if there is 50? Okay, 50 I won't destroy. If there is 20, no, if there is 20, I won't, 10. Less than 10, sorry, man. I'm, 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 I'm running, like, it's like the, the, the sum of the men is the strength. Right? If I can find faithful. But those ones, they are, if you check it, it has to be, it's tied to Abraham in a way. How will they find 50 faithful men? How? Somehow, they must have, they must have a, somehow, 
They must have the same training Abraham had in a way. They fear God. They love God. So if Abraham, if how will Abraham find it? Abraham will go into Sodom, maybe preach, get 50, let's go. But it's difficult to get 50. That, that place is so dead. Okay, how, 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 dead, how dead you know it is that when Abraham goes there, it's like, <laughs> if you preach, it's difficult to get five. Because Lot is considered one. Lot himself, and he has his daughters. But him and his family is considered one. Or maybe let's say there are five. Right? But that's not enough to stop the... So if they come and preach, it's like there's nobody else in that nation apart from them. And the only reason why they themselves have some kind of service is because they've been with Abraham. If they've not been with him, they move into Sodom. They will go into the way of the Sodom. They would naturally follow after them. The safety they had is because they, had a, they have been with Abraham. They've journeyed with him. It's just lost of the eye that moved them into Sodom. Yeah, because Sodom is... Everywhere you see green land, you know, you know, I don't know, it's like I'm preaching again. Everywhere you see green land, be careful. The land is not, the, the land is always green on the other side. It may look green, though. Doesn't mean it is green. Why am I saying this? It's because everybody jackpying from Nigeria coming here, running to Canada, don't know that, man, this place is, is like Sodom. The reason why God is still keeping these nations, and any nation God is still keeping, is because God can find 50 men. Like Pastor Sessi was saying, we are the preservation of this land. Every believer is a preservation of the land. If you remove every believer from, the, from any land, the Lord will leave that land and move to where they all congregate and destroy every other land. Are you, why are you surprised? Let me, let me ask a question. Why do you think God has not destroyed Saddam in Saudi Arabia? You think it's because they are so, you know, because they're just patient like that? If you check, you see Christians there. That's the truth of the matter. Why do you think God has not destroyed? So if you see any nation that is not gone, check it. Somehow you have believers secretly there. So if God wants to, and God doesn't just destroy, if God wants to, he will first of all go and preach. How do you think God is, even in those places where they're locked up, how is God reaching them? He's going there and converting them. He's appearing to them. Then after they get born again, you connect them somehow. In a way, they are the preservation of that land. They've done, imagine, imagine God, God is so merciful, Satan fighting God. In that nation, they made a law. You can't be a Christian and walk anywhere there. In short, it's a problem you being a Christian in that land. So what would they do? God has to find a way to preserve the land by getting men born again secretly. They don't know that's their preservation. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So we see here clearly that what the Lord is saying is that if Abraham had failed, he would have looked for another. But he found Abraham faithful so therefore, he can give the another Adam seed. The first Adamic seed is Adam, and that gave, that brought forth Eve. Then the another, there's another Adamic seed. That Adamic seed is Christ. And then the Lord put blessing. 
So when the Lord was blessing, Galatians 3 Abi, of, of, told us clearly that when the Lord was blessing Abraham, it was not Abraham that blessing is for actually. The blessing is actually for Christ. He said, in bless, I will bless thee. In multiply, I will multiply thy seed, as in seed, not seeds. It's just seed, one. Right? I will say, in blessing, I will bless. In multiplying, see those two words. Blessing, I will bless. In multiply, I will multiply thy seed. Be fruitful and multiply. That's the blessing. In blessing, I will bless thee. You are fruitful. Right? In multiplying, I will multiply that that's multiplication. Be fruitful. And what they multiply is the fruitfulness. Amen. So Jesus has been fruitful. Therefore, they can multiply Jesus. Amen. And in multiplying Jesus, you have many, many Jesuses. And that's the reason why you and I are born again. I'm going after Jesus. Amen. Ah, time has gone. So, when God found Abraham, right, found him, he was one. Isaac, one. Jacob, one. And you notice the way they were saying the blessing. And you notice that they don't, when you check all of them, it's, I said they just only have one child. But there's a, it's the one. It's that, it's, that one is seed. It's, it's God's seed. So they trace one. The God of Isaac, Abraham, Jacob. They're counting one, one, one. It's one they are counting. Not many, it was one. Isaac, Jacob. Then when they got to Jacob, ah! He became 12. Now, there's a way the Lord has to now account for the 12. He named them Israel. No Israel is one. Amen. But in one Israel, you have many, many tribes. You have 12 tribes. Right? Praise the Lord. So when you have 12 tribes in Israel, it's still one Israel. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the Lord, ah, Thomas, God, let me move forward. Let me try and go into the message and see if I can finish. Amen. Praise the Lord. I thought I would finish by one, and then we can all relax and go. But it's like, wait, it's now. I don't, can't finish in this one. But there's a place I'm going to. Amen. So Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle of the shepherd unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophet in the Holy Scriptures. Amen. So this is what I was trying to explain earlier. Right? That God spoke to the prophet. He gave a promise to them. Right? The promise he gave to them that they were prophesying was not only, it was actually since, since they exchanged the seed of God for a, a, a man's seed. A man's seed for God. God and man. That's how Jesus can be a man. Right? When Abraham gave his seed Isaac to God. God restored back his own. It was Christ that was given. And that's the, that's the seed that he, he, he blessed, right? Now, in blessing, the promise was also given there. In blessing, I will bless him. Multiply, I will multiply thy seed. It's that same blessing that's, that followed Israel. When Israel went into idolatry, it's the same blessing that is following them. Okay, the Lord, their prophets begin to prophesy. I will restore you into your own land. You are all scattered. I will take you from the land uh, and that you have gone. I will cleanse you from your idols. And I will bring you into your own land. It's a promise of restoration. Amen. So all these promises is speaking about a destiny in the spirit. Amen. And that promise 
right, was what was causing prophets to prophesy. Because they've not found it. So they have to be giving men hope. So they have to prophesy the, prophesy the hope of what they were saying. Amen. Praise the Lord. So they prophesied the hope of what they were saying. And that's what Paul is referring to here as separate unto the gospel of God. So God has a gospel, right? Which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. If I know that this is how it would take me, I would have just shot him. And now it's a long read. I said we should read. Amen. <laughs> so, which, <laughs> so which he had promised before by his prophet in the Holy Scriptures. So concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Okay. Of course, when he says seed of David, I've explained the exchange of seed. And you can trace that seed of David to Abraham. Right? Because David right, came from the tribe of Judah, which was a tribe in Israel, which was, which was a child of Jacob, which was a child of Isaac, which was a child of Abraham, right? So we've traced the seed back to when they, so it's that same seed that Abraham received that found expression in David, right? But they are not, it's now tied to David, amen? Because when the seed was moving, the same way I was saying that if Abraham had failed, God would have looked for another. God would have looked for another, right? So in Israel, the seed was moving around. Two, because the seed tried different tribes. Amen. What if, do you know the seed found expression in What's their tribe name again? I've forgotten. I don't know why my brain does this too. The seed found expression in, uh, in, the, in Levi. Right? The seed found expression in Levi. But the seed left Levi and found expression in Judah. Amen. Oh, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to speak too much now. I would have gone back to history now. Because by the time the, the Levites were ending. The seed were already moving. It moved. It, it, the sign that it was moving was in the time of Samuel. Right? Because the time God brought Samuel was when, you know, Eli was a priest from Levi. His eye was running dim. God already found a replacement. This is almost the same thing that happened to Saul. That's why God needed Anna to pray. Then Anna prayed. Then, but Anna is not a Levite. Samuel came. He's Samuel that took after the priesthood. Really. So in a way, priesthood left Levi. Amen. But you still find other Levites around that time. You know, they're still doing their thing. They still have effort, you know, all those things. But really, it has left Levi. Samuel. Samuel is now the one that is now judging Israel. Let me not bore with history again, right? But the seed found expression. The letter, the seed found expression in Judah, David, right? Which the Lord now said to, and then you keep seeing God repeating the promise again. It's just God saying, what well, I want you to come into me. The promise ends in, I will be your God. You will be my people. Meaning that the Lord has designed man to quest for him. 
And do you know that God is questing for you? Amen. Amen. Do you know that God is looking for you? Amen. If you if you sleep and you find out ah God is not near me, I feel like no 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 think again. God is looking for you. Why? Because God is not discouraged by your shortcomings. God is not discouraged by all. If God is discouraged by all your wrongs, will you have been born again? If God is discouraged by all your wrongdoings, will you come near you? No. In short, no man will be saved. God is not discouraged by that. Uh-huh. Like our friend's songs. No mountain you won't give. Okay, it's a song that. Mountain you will rise and running after me. He's running after you. He's, he's really running after you. That's why the scripture says, deep call it unto the deep. The reason why that scripture is valid is because he is calling to your deep. You have to respond and call back to his deep. Amen. And this is tied to the quest I was I started with earlier. But let me try and go further. But there's a ah, I talk about quest. Okay, yes, yes. I remember how I get to the okay. The quest is tied to this uh, Romans one. Sorry. <laughs> let me quickly get to the quest and then we can go home. I don't know. I'm, I'm rushing now. I don't know. It's like as I'm the more I rush, the anointing fades. Amen. Let's try and uh, and go further. So I'll, I'll but I'll explain the seed of David. I just knew it that if I had ah, this is the temptation I was seeing. Because I, I just felt that there's a lot in this chapter. But let's read it. I'll try and speed up a bit. Verse 4. And declare to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness. Right. By the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ to all that be in Rome. Beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you. All for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. To the end, ye may be established. So he's thinking of establishing them. He talked about their faith, right? They're talking about establishing them. So that, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. You see this verse 12, he's talking about that oneness I was saying earlier. So that it is that, that, is that I may be comforted not comforted alone, together with you by the mutual faith. So he's saying that we have the we have same faith. It's talk, it's still it's, it's, it's not Paul anointed as he's not feeling uh, he said together. There's a togetherness there, right? So that is why you need your brethren. That's why you need your that's why you can't be alone. If you are living alone. There's, you know, there's a way you live alone. There's a way you live alone. And how you know you are living alone is this. The thought of your bread did not come to you. Not just the try a whole week. Enough for you to even give them a call. How are you doing? I just thought I'd just say hi. You are alone. Simple. You are alone. Right. 
Why? Because there's a, there's a wine, uh, like, like uh, I know, I think it was on Wednesday, Pastor Jeff was teaching, he talked about there's a depth of love that everyone owes one another. You owe your brother love, your brother owes you love. There's a debt that must be paid. Amen. He's still talking about oneness in a way. He's a, a one. There must be, there must, you see that in the sense of scripture, heart knitted together in love. You know, it still is a means of converting to one. It's a culture in God that everyone must, must be awoken to. Amen. But let's go further. I don't know why I'm always talking about this one thing. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but was led either to, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks, right, and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Amen. So he's talking about preaching the gospel to them that are at Rome. Why? Because the just must live. Even if they must be justified, they must live by faith. Right? Now, it's not, it's, it's, there's a reason why he's saying that because there's a separation. For you to be a child of God, hearing the gospel and all that, there's a destination for you. You're not just hearing the gospel because of just for the, for the sake of passing time. There's what the gospel is for. It's to deliver the promise to you. Who is the promise? God. Amen. He now says, for the right of, he now says, he now began to talk. Okay, the just shall live by faith. Then he is taught now moved around others that are outside. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed it unto them. See, so for that which may be known of God. There is that which may, that may be known of God. Like I was saying, the thought that brought me here is that God put himself in things. And we we'll see it here. Right? He said, but the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Not, it's not an earthly wrath. It's a heavenly wrath. Against all of God. What that means is that God frowns at all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Amen. Because that which may be known of God. Now, there's what Paul now began to say here, right? Concerning the wrath of God revealed ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, right? Now, if he has finished talking about that, why did he move into what should be known of God? It means that these people have a quest that has nothing to do with God. Not just nothing to do with God. In a way, they hate God. 
they have a quest. This unrighteousness and ungodliness of men is just is 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 is, is deep is deeper than just unrighteousness. When do you have unrighteousness of men? It's unrighteousness that has married men. Amen. But the sense I want us to get here is how to arrive. You see, the arrival is that you will arrive at unrighteousness and ungodliness if you don't have a quest for God. Amen. If you don't have a quest for Jesus, you will eventually arrive there. Why? Is because what, what God has created the living soul for is to have the ability to quest for God. You know souls can call God. It's a request. When a soul is looking, is requesting. So that requesting is, is no, when you say request, it's like asking. Mm-hmm. But think of it in the sense of quest. It's asking, but you are searching. When you are requesting for God, it's an activity in the heart that is searching for him and also asking for him. So when you think about it, it's not just, oh, God, come on. And you are not involved. There is, God, please come. You see, sincerely, there's a request in your heart. God, please come. When you check that God, please come, what you're actually seeing there is a quest for God. Why are you asking God, come? It's because you are, you, you are questing. So your request is, how do I put it? Your request for God, are, I'm requesting for you, is really a search for him. So when you are, God, come to me, you are just asking for him. Your soul, when you, as I'm doing it, I'm practicing it, I'm actually seeing the quest there. So God, please come. It's a sincere request. I can see that my heart is, quest is asking. It's trying to search for him. Amen. Praise the Lord. He said, so for the invincible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Amen. Then he began to talk about he began to talk about that which may be known of God which was revealed to them. Right? So where is this thing revealed? He's saying that even if you don't move into the spirit you move into the natural you can actually find God there. Right? So because that which may be known of God is manifest to them for God had showed it to them. Amen. So there's a place where I'm picking this message from. But this thing is much more. Is, I'm talking about, imagine somebody that God has revealed himself to. Yeah. Right? But they refuse him. That's how they can land in unrighteousness of men. And ungodliness of men. Amen. But let's go further. Let's move into, let's move into the spirit world. Amen. So for the invisible things of him from the creation of, of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power. And God it so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. So professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creepy things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own heart, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, 
who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. You see this thing here, right? If we read it further, all the way to the end, we see. So, you notice something that they talk about this ungodliness here is that they change the truth of God for a lie. Later, they said that they worship the creator more than the, they worship the create, create, they worship creature more than the creator, right? And they say that they give themselves to dishonor their own bodies. We are actually in this, in this era of ungodliness of men, right? Because now you see men advocating for a man in a woman's body, a woman in a man's body, all those things. It's actually, it's, they are revealing the righteousness of men. It means that men have journeyed, it means that there are some men on earth, they've arrived here. They've arrived here. And, and they are pushing this ungodliness. They want it to be what is, what they're actually asking for is wrath. If they push this thing enough into the nations, God will have no choice than to come. And when you come, you will burn. No, there's, there's God actually, God will eventually come. Oh, God doesn't have any, there's, there are things that call God. Righteousness, ungodliness. Those two things. When, when it's happening, God has no choice but to appear. And in both cases, he appears as the judge. When he appears, the judgment on each side is not the same. The judgment on each side, one can be fire, one can be gold. Amen. Because all things must pass through fire. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I think I'm going to round up now. Amen. Uh, the reason why I read here is that they're saying that the invisible things of God from him, of him, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Amen. Amen. So when God created the heavens and the earth, like I was saying, like his invincible things, right? He put it in the things he created, which men now worship. Amen. Men worship things created. Later they started talking about they worship the creature more than the creator. Men worship that now. Why? Because you have men having pride in being able to discover an ant, being able to discover a goat, right? Being able to discover uh, what else do they, what are they, what are they learned these days? That the, the universe is more than just uh, the galaxy. Uh -huh. They've discovered new galaxies. I'm like, oh, wow, is there? Uh -huh. Okay. They, they have the, they, they, I think of the classes that they're teaching you about plants. And they'll teach you in depth teachings of it. While you are learning it at school, do you know that somebody is taking pride in the discovery? Someone is taking it. Why men are learning it? In short, their glory is that. Is what I discovered that they are learning in schools. Because somebody discovered it. It's an attitude of men which have used the quest of their soul wrongly. So what I'm saying is that men can use the quest of their soul wrongly. How by laboring for a different kind of bread? The quest that God has put in every soul is a quest, is a fire, is a fiery quest. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm rounding up so 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's what our soul should be looking for. It's God. Like, our, like when we started, I said, I thank, I thank God for Jesus for, for giving. I thank God for God for giving Jesus and the ability to go after Jesus. And you know you can't go after Jesus if you don't love life in the spirit. Because the only way you can get Jesus is you have to move into the spirit. Because he's invincible. And the invincible things of him can only be revealed to you when you move into the invincible. You can only get into the invincible when you love life in the spirit. When you love to move into the spirit. Life in the spirit, you know, you just love... There's a, there, there, is, there is an hunger of quest in every soul. And if you like, you can use it for career. You know, men can use that for career. The quest that is, is in soul that is, should discover God, you can use it to discover other things. You can discover career. You can discover uh, houses and cars. and You know, you can use your quest for other things. Why do you know what your quest is for? Is what is what is in me? What is in your heart? What are you what are you going after? Are you going after Jesus? Eh? And I think going after Jesus doesn't mean that you're not doing other things in life. I, I think this all used to scare me. I don't know why. Yeah. But the moment they hear you go after Jesus, something always speaks in Satan. Yeah. Always speak to souls. If you go after Jesus, you know, you know, you there's something about your life that will not be the same. True, but there's something about your life that you will lo- always telling you you will lose something, and it's that thing that we want we don't want to lose. Sometimes because of that thing we postpone the quest for Jesus. You should thank Jesus that you have quest in your heart to actually look for Him. Amen. I know I didn't I didn't say too much about the living soul. I thought I was going to to talk about the living soul. You know, to explain that quest area. But I think maybe this is enough too. Amen. But let's read Psalm 42. Just let's see what uh, our priest David said. Amen. Psalm is before Proverbs. Ah. Amen. Time has gone. So I'll just read it quickly. Say, as the heart panted after the water brooks, so panted my soul after thee, O God. Say, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been meet day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disguised in me, disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, for the help 
of his countenance. Amen. This is, the, this is the psalm. This is the psalm that we should be reading daily. Amen. It's a psalm of quest. When I say we should read it daily, I mean, of course. <laughs> it's not like Psalm 24 that we read every day. <laughs> psalm 23, I mean. It's Psalm 23 that we read every day. But when I say read it every day, of course, you can read your Bible. You can read this verse, psalm every day. But it's what your soul should be reading every day. How is he reading it? It's by longing for these things. Say, my soul, right? My soul panted after the O God. That's the original, that's the only allowed use of the quest of your soul. Your soul is panting. It's always panting. It's panting for something. If it does not have God that it's panting for, it's going to be sorrowful. That is why when we use our soul for many things, nothing feels it, nothing answers, nothing satisfies. Amen. Only, you see, nothing satisfies. You and your father will suffice. Right? Suffice. So come manifest. The, the, the revealing of God, right, is an answer to the quest of souls. Souls should be longing for God. It's not all these things that men use their soul for every day that, 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 that should be the panting of every soul. When you check, soul pants for all kinds of things. Some souls are panting for children. God give me a child. Funny enough, they have the child now, the problem. Why is the child always crying? Oh my God, why is it? I have to feed you now. I have to feed you too. Those are the responsibilities that is normal. Amen. But now you can ask for baby. Amen. Not responsibility. No, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's not. Having a child is a responsibility. It's not a. It's not a thing to be proud of. I have two children. You know that's the pride of our, our parents used to have before. I don't know. Maybe our parents spirit, but I shall know that I've heard all kinds of things. Ah, they're proud in. Mm, they have children everywhere. I have two children. Ah, I have five children over there. It's a pride somehow. That it became a stigma when people don't have children. Yeah. Funny enough, children is not a promise in marriage. Or let me say it's not a promise. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a must have. It's not a must have. Some, some would can cry because they don't have a child. If you have one, give thanks to Jesus. One is in one. If you have one, oh, give thanks to Jesus. Why? Because it's not, it's not, it's not a you don't use I have five children to collect everlasting life or eternal life. Do you have do you use it? In short, that in itself is a, if you fail there, is a problem to your life. Yes. You know, if you are Johnny, okay, you don't have a child, but ah, you are Johnny, okay, but you know, you have, you have responsibility. And you know, God is going to ask, ask from you. <laughs> so the, the spirit and soul you ask for, I sent it to you. Uh, so, I mean, you asked for it. So I committed them into your hand as a responsibility. Where are they? What did you do? What happened to them? You have you answer. I know we all say uh, you know every man for himself. Yes, so every man for himself. But man have responsibility. The same way, every pastor will have to answer for every soul. They will account for every single sheep. That soul should not be too happy to become pastors. Sorry, that I'm saying that, but I mean, if the Lord has called you, glory to Jesus. Don't be too happy to become a pastor. I mean, be happy in the Lord. Don't be ambitious about it. Because every soul is a responsibility. Every single soul. Because the, the Lord will require it of their hand. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. So, so pants for all kinds of things. You know, you know some is they are panting for, for to be the best in their career. Some is to pant for marriage. Some souls are panting, I want to marry. And it doesn't show like they are panting. It's just that in the behavior and the things that they are doing, it's like, yeah, they are panting. Why? Because they can't be patient for the thing to come. What that means is that your soul is seeking after it. Is your, your soul is the energy of your, There's no way you will pant for things that outside the spirit that it won't take your energy for pursuit of, of life in the spirit. It will take it. Because the soul is designed to labor. And when it is laboring, it's committed. The soul labors committedly. There's no way you labor. You, if, if you are not committed, you are not laboring. It's as simple as that. Anything you are not laboring for, you are not committed. And you are not panting. But what is the only, only allowed panting of the soul is for God. And God put it there. It's there from the beginning. It's for, to facilitate a love relationship between man and God. God kept himself a mystery and put a quest in living soul. Yeah. It is the honor of king. Abi? It is the, what's that scripture? What's that scripture? Ah, uh, I have the thing in my head, but there's a way it's, it's not, you know, it's order of king to hide and it's key, order of king to search it out. Yeah, but let's find it. Let's, let's read it so that we quote it well. This is the last one now, and then we'll go. Amen. <laughs> it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the honor of kings to search it out. See those things. is the, is the summary of the life of every man. If your, if your honor, your honor is in the discovery of God, God kept himself hidden. And it's the, it's, it makes the adventure sweeter for the soul. Don't you just love it when you are, when you are just discovering God? You're like, oh my God, it is how you are. You are just so sweet. Don't you fall in love with God more? It's like when you, when you discover something, there's a feeling inside you. It's like, it's like an answer to set to things inside. Then you want more. God, I just want more. Even though after five or five or ten days, some other things can come and I jack. I'm like, oh, their their focus will go away. Satan is always fighting for focus. Say, no, 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 no. Don't put your mind on him. Don't put your attention on the Lord. Don't think about him. Think about the work you have to do. Think about the food you have to cook. Think about the child you have to raise. Think about the money you have to provide for your family. Think about all these things. And you, have, you, don't, you don't have time. You only have a, how many hours pant after these things. But the Lord is saying, no, 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 no. The change you have, your heart is not supposed to be panting for those things. You can do them, but don't pant for them. Can you pant after thee, oh God? As, as, as the psalmist will say, can you throw yourself into the adventure? Of searching out glories of God. Every time you discover God, what you've discovered is glory. It's an aspect of glory. Can you rechange, reshape the, 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 the use of the quest of your soul? See, the honor put, God put in living soul is the honor of searching. That when you search, see that honor is that when you discover God, there's a joy that, that comes with you. It's honor. It's a kind of honor. That after you, dis you discover God, you see, every sweetness of the spirit that you encounter when you discover God 
is an answer of honor, some, a kind of honor. Amen. It says the honor of kings to search out mysteries. Meaning it is your duty to search out God. Use the quest of your soul to discover God. Are we blessed today? Don't, you, don't, don't use the quest that God has put there to discover anything else. It's only for him. It's only for God. Like David has moved into a sense here. Amen. Ah, sorry, it's not David. It's actually Korah. Amen. 41 is David. It's the sons of Korah here. But of course, sons of Korah, they, they had parts with David. After they were raised, after a while, they, became, they started singing psalms like David. They were dealing with David so much. So in a way, they had the culture of David. Amen. And whenever you hear Korah, that name, I don't know, you always, Korah is always around Levite somehow. Right? I'm sure, of course, many people bear the name Korah, but it's just that they are, you have sons of Korah, that they are Levites. Right? That they, they are pretty much priests. And what is the duty of a priest? It's to discover God. Bring God to, to men. So the, 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 the quest of every soul is that you must search for your maker. This psalm is, that your, is the psalm of your soul. Can you see this psalm is the psalm that your soul is singing every day? Say, so my soul tested for God. Not just God, for the living God. Amen. See this thing. Time has gone, I'm ending, sorry. It's for the living God. For God, for the living God. It's talking about a quest on ending. Because the living God is in a place that is everlasting. It means an, so your so quest for God, for the living God, is a quest that would, the living God is, an, is, a, is, is a giving to a living soul. A living soul needs a living God. So you must, as a living soul, of course now, amen, living souls must be able to search for the living God. And how do you search for the living God? You must move into the spirit. Your discovery of the living God is in the spirit. You must like the Holy Ghost. You must love the wine. You must drink his wine. When you drink his wine, that's how you can start to discover the living God. You can start to discover God. First, you have to, you have to love the discovery of Jesus. Quest for Jesus. As you quest for him, he will begin to come to you and begin to give you himself. Even the promise of the gospel will be fulfilled as your quest for him. Are we blessed today? Let's just begin to thank God. Father, we thank you. Can we pray for grace tonight, this afternoon to, 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 to reshape on our quest for Jesus. At anywhere that we are using this quest that is meant for the discovery of, of the king. To meant for the discovery of honors. Of the glories of God. That the Lord would supply help for to restructure and reshape our heart. To use the quest of our soul rightly. To quest for God rightly and accurately. That we won't use the quest of our soul for frivolous things. We won't use the quest that God has put in there to discover things that perish. But we'll be able to use the quest for to discover things eternal. Things full of life. Thank you our Father. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you because you've answered us. For in Jesus' 
precious name, we have prayed. Thank you, our Father, today for your mercy and your kindness. Thank you, Father, for how you've spoken to us today. You say, we are exalted in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that that which you want to bet in our heart, a new quest for you. Lord, you, by your mercy, supply your spirit to have fresh quest for you. A fresh, a new, in the name of Jesus. Father, that you will pour wine of discovery in our soul, in our wine skin, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you pour so much spirit for fueling our quest. Because our quest relies on your oil. We ask, Father, that you will oil our soul with your spirit. That you will pour wine in us to discover you afresh. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. You dwells between the cherubims and forth. You dwells between the cherubims and forth. You dwells between the cherubims and forth.